is ha ha Halloween. I actually meant to make a make a joke in the El Dorado episode that for our Halloween episode, the scariest thing we could think of <laughs> was Road to, watching Road to El Dorado. I mean, it really was something. <laughs> Probably the scariest thing I've seen in a while. Or the scariest notion, Dave. We should do El Dorado. <laughs> then lightning in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we lost. That's how we lost Jeff, our first podcast. <laughs> Back when we weren't just two, yeah. we were three. <laughs> Back to the Why Do I Talk to You podcast. I am over here, Saul Starsheet 4. I am feeling good. Dave, Gamer Dave Naple. We have actually, this is actually in response to some requests uh, that we've had before, which we, I think we said this before. <laughs> we very much appreciate um, input, you know, like, you yeah. know, what, what we should do next and whatnot. Lord knows that we've been, um, uh, at times we're kind of scrambling to think of like, what's a good, uh, a good topic to go over and whatnot. So, you know, if there's if you guys have any ideas or anything or requests or whatever, yeah, we're totally we're totally open to that. Yeah, Facebook, YouTube, email, it's all out there. So, and it'd probably help our uh, help us out just in general if you left a comment like that. So we'd love to hear from you what you'd like us to do. And like Saul said, this was a request from my family. Uh, and by that I mean when I asked my brother if he'd listen to my podcast, he said, "Why would I listen to your podcast? You don't you don't do anything I care about." I was like. Yeah, oh, I didn't. Oh. I didn't want to mention that outright, but <laughs> I got a problem. The truth is the truth, isn't it? Yeah, truth is truth. <laughs> um, so obviously, so from the title card, this is obviously going to be about my neighbor Totoro. But just some, I guess, some backstory on on the both of us and and Studio Ghibli. You know, like you'd think that Studio Ghibli would be like one of the things that we're like well versed in, but we're we're surprisingly not that well versed in. Yeah, we're really not. So. Yeah, not I for any the, particular reason. Like we haven't like avoided their films or no, anything yeah. like that. It was just kind of they've always been kind of a niche thing in the West, I guess. Like when I think of Miyazaki, I immediately think back to high school where everybody I knew was talking about Spirited Away. Yeah. That was the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. And full disclosure, we've never seen it, and we wanted to do this episode on that, but we just didn't have access to it. So, which is fine. Uh, but in any case, yeah, uh, we got this movie from my sister, thanks, Joanna, who loaned this to me. And it was her and my brother who actually requested this. My brother said, why don't you do something on Miyazaki and how great he is and stuff? And my <laughs> sister was really excited about that. And we're like, yeah, all right. Because um, we had mentioned in passing uh, Miyazaki films in the Disney Renaissance episode, I think. And we sort of were just like, yeah, everybody loves this movie. It's okay, okay. But truth is, we have only seen Between Us now three yeah of them right because i've seen i've seen ponyo mm -hmm. ponyo was the one that was like it seemed to be they really tried to push it to the westerners a little bit more i feel like it was advertised by disney a little bit more intentionally and yeah they tried to really get it out there but yeah when i was in high school it was all about spirited away um princess mononoke was another one that everybody was talking about mm -hmm. and then howl's moving castle was one that sort of got bandied around a bit and that was the first Miyazaki film I quote unquote saw and by that I mean I was with a friend and her boyfriend at the time and her boyfriend who was into film uh had ripped a copy you know not quite legally off the internet and uh it didn't quite make it halfway through before it bugged out and so that's kind of an incomplete experience for me um and then I saw Ponyo um and then I also saw <coughs> Kiki's Delivery Service with my sister when she brought it up so those are the three I've seen um, I feel like um, you know if you sort of roll in the the loser crowd that that Dave and I usually <laughs> yeah, roll with, kind of. that you're at least familiar with Miyazaki films, Studio Ghibli films. Like mm -hmm. you've at least heard the names, and you've probably been in crowds where they fanboyed or fangirled over them as well. Mm -hmm. um, and again, Dave and I just aren't aren't up to date on that. Not for any you know contrarian reason for for oh. once in our lives <laughs> kind of yeah it just like never came up like the friends who would talk about it never were like oh let's watch it together and you know you're kind of at the whim of your parents and what they want to see and your parents aren't gonna buy studio ghibli movies <laughs> like what is this, yeah, this like is japan and banana animation man i mean it is weird especially <laughs> it was weird but man, it's good 
So, so, so this is going to, you know, we're obviously going to talk about My Neighbor Totoro. We literally just saw it. For the first time. This is, we're kind of trying something new. Saul has talked about maybe doing some episodes where I see some movies that I haven't seen before since his movie knowledge is uh, definitely better than mine. I mean, um, that's that's underselling it a lot. Yeah. You haven't seen movies. That's what it is. Yeah, it's kind of true. So we'll do a Nightmare Before Christmas episode eventually, so you can look forward to that. Jeez. But on this one, we I still have... can't believe that you haven't seen Nightmare. I still can't believe how that. How did you see it? I grew up in a concern. What do you mean, how did I see it? Everybody saw Nightmare. Who was going to show it to me? My current, my uh, conservative Christian family? It plays One look everywhere. at that animation, and it's like, no, we're not watching this. I never had it, like, Dave, I thought you're, that animation you're a gro- was weird. You're a grown adult who has been out of the house for, like, at least 10 years but how now. how long is it? Look, we'll talk about this oh. later. Gosh, getting way ahead of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, these movies came out. This movie came out. We didn't realize it was this old. 1988. 1988. I did yeah. not. Know. I mean, I know that the West has a has a tendency to like not. You know, unless they they know there's money in it, they won't make an English version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, this is what's happened right here. Studio Ghibli, as far as the American distribution is is concerned, is is owned by Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. It's just weird to see their name plastered all over <laughs> everything because it's like you you guys <laughs> did nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you hired the high money voice actors and maybe the translator, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> like, but it's pretty important to know that it's 1988 as well, yeah. um, because I mean I did not know that beforehand. I mm-hmm. my I my either. history with my, my neighbor Totoro has been purely referential. You know, I've heard people talking about it. Yeah. I've seen like fan art or like crossover fan art, like you know Calvin and Hobbes as as you know the, the rain scene, you know stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just assumed since it was all in the Studio Ghibli universe that it was like roughly around the same time of Kiki's. It, which well, it probably Kiki's is, is older. Yeah, well, you, but like when Kiki's came out in the West, you know, mm, yeah. So that that's that was my that was my knowledge of it. Sure, sure. Okay, so so here we go. My neighbor Totoro. You know, um, this is you know as much as we're gonna be talking about my neighbor Totoro in general, this is also a good sort of comparison of Japanese movie storytelling and American movie storytelling, or you can yeah. say Western American storytelling. Yeah. Um, you know, Dave Dave noted something before we watched it, uh, which he was completely right on. We didn't really... Well, okay, so in, in Pokemon, the first movie, um, there's a director's commentary where the American directors are, are sort of talking about the differences between that. Dave, can you go in a little more... Yeah, so it, it, I I don't remember if it was the first movie or the third movie because these are the two movies that like it, this is really apparent in or that was apparent to them as they tried to uh, put it out for Western audiences, but as they were trying to sort of put this movie together, like okay, how are we going to put this together for Westerners? There's a lot of story elements that just sort of aren't explained. It's not explained as clearly in the Japanese why Mewtwo is so mad. It's never explained in the third movie what happened to the little girl's mom. Uh, it's never... There's there's just these elements that sort of float out there and a Japanese audience, you know, they just sort of accept. They're just in it for the ride and it's a story and they're like, okay, yeah, cool, that's fine. Whereas we as Westerners are like, well, wait, why Why is it like that? Why is this? What's the motivation here? And so we need more backstory and a little bit more. Another example is that in Pokemon, the first movie, if you've seen it, there's no weird explanation for why the Pokemon and the clones are just sort of beating on each other in the Japanese version. Whereas in the Western version, Mewtwo's like, oh, yes, I have uh, blocked their special abilities with my psychic powers. Mm, Therefore, we can only punch. There was nothing like that in the Japanese version. So it's just sort of this expectation level in the Western audiences that things will be explained and things will make sense. In the Japanese movie scene, it's just kind of, you just roll with it. Like, things happen, and it's entertaining, and you you roll with it. You don't need everything explained. And when I watched Kiki's Delivery Service, I I told Saul this, but it was immediately after watching a Western animated film, Finding Dory. Um, oh and first, first of all, Kiki's was a breath of fresh air, just in general. I mean, that movie's really good. But it, it was just so interesting that it was just this kind of slice of life but in the right way it was just sort of these things are happening Saul said it well it's vignettes it's just these little bits and pieces of what happens in their everyday life and it's it's part of the overall story of their lives and their experiences but it's not like there's one central conflict that gets resolved there's no real act one act two act three which is refreshing is just the best way I can think of because it really just makes you feel like 
like you, you can just breathe out while you're watching this movie. It's very relaxing. And we get that storytelling from the get-go. You yeah. Know, from, the, from the way that Totoro starts out is that there's two girls on like the back of a truck and their father and they're driving out into like the rural countryside. And with like, you know, usually like in an American film, you'd be hearing some like really forced exposition. You know what I mean? Just sort of like, like, dad, why are we moving out here again? <laughs> well, you know, your mother and I, we decided that we're poor. And yeah, there something. was there was not even a single sentence of justification. Why? No. Um, and uh, I mean, that was that was sort of the biggest thing. I was waiting for that because I'm that's that's what happens. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, and I was, it was funny cause I was not, and I tried to warn him for that, but it really is like when I watched Kiki's, I had to sort of get over that too. But having watched that, this movie is very similar to that. I wasn't sure how similar it'd be because Ponyo isn't quite like that. Like I said before, Ponyo is a little bit more, um, it, it, it does a little bit more of the, expl- it explains things a bit more, but Kiki's does not. And so I wasn't sure where this would fall. It's very similar to Kiki's. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole time I was waiting for that. And then, like, you know, they're, uh, you know, it's only just the dad and the two kids. And you're just sort of like, oh, okay, single parent, right? Mm-hmm. No, the mom is sick. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's that's another part of this. She's in the hospital. Uh-huh. With what? They they don't say, yeah. oh. No, um, yeah, it doesn't matter. It, does, it doesn't matter, I guess. Yeah. I just, okay. I, and that, I mean, man, I already want to talk about how how much more interesting it is that they spring that on you. It's like, oh, oh, the mom's alive. Oh, she's sick. Like, oh, what's wrong with her? Like, it, it made me care immediately. It's almost like it was telling it from the perspective of the girls. Because they, the dad probably wouldn't tell them what specifically she has, right? It's just like, mom's sick and she's in the hospital and she doesn't feel good. So, oh, man, like, that's, that's sad. Especially as you, like, get sort of invested in these little girls and their lives and just how happy they are all the time. And yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. So anyway, I wasn't sure if you wanted to get right into how that was introduced to start talking about the story. So yeah, like the, the movie, because of the, the like sort of slice of life vignette nature of the movie. So what I knew of my neighbor Totoro was, you know, what everybody essentially knows is a big, big furry Snorlax cat whose name is Totoro and he has an umbrella. Like, so you sort of assume that this movie has a supernatural element. I mean, it does, but you assume that it it encompasses the entire movie. Yeah, it um, doesn't. <laughs> even even in the beginning with the with the uh, the soot, the what do they call them? the soot soot gremlins? Fairies? Yeah, well, first they call them gremlins, and then the grandma's kind of like, no, they're fairies or something like instead. Like soot, okay, soot sprites or something. Yeah, like that. soot yeah. sprites, something like that. So you immediately assume, or like you know, that that the supernatural element is going to take over the entire movie. Nope. For a while, I was like, for the for a while, I I felt that the pacing was like slow, you know. Before I sort of understood like what the movie was going for in terms of like how it told the story, mm-hmm. I thought it was just like really slow actually because there's there's a lot of scenes within the first like twenty minutes or so of just the girls like having fun yeah. like exploring their new house, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's like maybe two minutes in total of that of that twenty minute section where there are some some soot gremlins. And then that's it. Like, for a while, then it's like, oh, they go to school, or oh, they're playing more, uh, or they visit their mom in the hospital. But we never, we don't see Totoro until like, I don't know, like a half, like a half hour into the movie, probably. Yeah, it takes some time. It does, and and even then, it's like. First, we don't see Totoro. We see like one of his like little minions, Min- mini Totoros, mini yeah. Totoroito. I don't know. <laughs> Totorito. And and May, the the youngest the youngest sister, is following them in and whatnot. And then we find Totoro. I, afterwards, you know, all of a sudden she like lands in this clearing where Totoro is like no longer to be seen, and then they find her. Yeah, there's like this forest right by their house, this giant tree, and like she sort of crawls into this like crawl space chasing after the little Totoro, and then she sort of falls into his lap and is like, oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was afraid it was going to be a Narnia type situation where like you know, like Satsuki was going to be all like, like, there is no Totoro. You just made it all up. And Maya's just sort of like, there isn't Totoro. But that is not what happens at all. The dad in this whole thing, (laughs) that's, that's, that is probably the only thing that's like not revealed because it's not traditional American uh, storytelling that I wish was like, does the dad know about all these things going on? I think there's an implication that, and I like this because I, I, I know what you mean about like 
being concerned that it's another one of those like, oh, only the kids can see it and the dad's going to get yeah. all mad at them yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But like, it's sort of this thing, and I've noticed this in the other Miyazaki films I've seen too, is that most of the adults just sort of assume that like, yeah, there's weird stuff in the world. Like, that's just how it is. And so they, like, encourage this sort of imagination in their children. And it's never like a, we'll stop making up stories. It's like a, oh, yeah, you saw the forest spirit. Like, yeah, that's that's normal. Like, he's probably cool. You can hang out with him. And that's kind of all I assumed it ever was. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> so uh, where are we right now? So we've just seen Totoro for the first time. And th- and there is that there is that moment where it feels like that's what's going to be. Because she, like, falls asleep on him. And then she wakes up and he's gone. And dad and sister went and found her and she's like no it's real and then eventually after like sort of laughing at her like "Hmm, i guess it probably was yeah exactly (laughs) yeah satsuki doesn't take long at all to like write a write a note to her mom was like like may saw totoro it probably it probably exists yeah i hope i get to see it sometime that's it yeah um and then uh, so in between then there's a lot of just like real life stuff that happens, yeah, right? Like it, there's there's some more weird stuff with the boy who like has like, the, like never seen a girl before. Yeah, the like cutest like, hostile crush on her, you know. Yeah. Um, you know they visit the mom. I think that happens. No, that happens before then. Yeah, that happened before that. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then like you know May decides that she really doesn't like the <laughs> the babysitter <laughs> granny oh, anymore. Granny. Yeah. <laughs> she just she just runs off and goes to find Sasuke at school. Or whatever. At and, school. Yeah. And for some reason, the teacher is totally cool with May being in the class with her. Yeah. It's all really sweet. Like, yeah. It just feels... Uh, yeah. No, I don't so have an nice. issue with that at all. Yeah. Um, and then I the, the buildup of this is really interesting because then it starts raining really heavily. And then Satsuki and May have to walk home like with their... With, you know, they didn't, they didn't bring an umbrella because they didn't prepare for that. Yeah. Because it wasn't raining before. It was a clear day. Whatever. And, and then Crush Boy like, you know, gives them the umbrella. Well, like kind of throws it at them and just runs yeah. away. <laughs> it's just so cute because it gives it so much personality. Mm-hmm. Like everything just has so much personality. And I was trying to express this to you before, but... Like, the emotional parts of this movie, when it does get emotional, like, you're really invested. And it's it's kind of confusing because you stop and you're like, I haven't had the type of interaction with these characters that I would normally have at all with any sort of Western film. But just the stuff they're doing just feels so real. It yeah. just feels impossible not to like them, yeah. not to fall in love with them. And it's just because they don't – there's so many little touches that, he, that they throw in, the animators and the storytellers, where – I mean, we can get to that a little. Yeah, bit we'll later. get to that later because it yeah. really shows up later in the film. Um. So then, so then afterwards, they they are able to like you know get changed and get some better umbrellas and whatnot. And then they generally just wait for their dad. Oh, because you finally wanna... find out later that their dad is like an archaeology professor at, yeah. like, a, at like a university in Tokyo. <laughs> he doesn't just work on crossword puzzles. Which <laughs> <laughs> is what it looks like a lot of the time. So they're waiting for the bus. They're waiting at the bus stop for Yeah, him. they decide they're like, oh, dad didn't bring an umbrella either because it was so bright. Like, let's go wait for him at the bus stop with an extra umbrella. A bus comes and he's not there. So they're like, oh, geez, it must be late or something. So, I mean, we'll just stay right over here. And they wait so long that May falls asleep. And then Satsuki, like, just looks it on the bottom through her umbrella and was just like, there's a big clawed fuzzy thing right next to to me <laughs> and yeah. they reveal and she knows immediately that it's totoro yeah because um, that's exactly how may had described him yeah and he's just he's just there waiting for the bus with a big old leaf on his head because you know he doesn't want to get wet right yeah. his look is just so nonchalant he's just like hey guys yeah. <laughs> like the way I, was saying, I was like this is exactly how a stranger would come up to a bus stop they would just walk up next to you and stare straight out into the distance yes yeah. <laughs> just sort of like yeah it's wet out today, isn't it? Yeah, he kind of scratches himself a little bit, like, to do. Like, yeah, okay. So Satsuki's all like, so clearly that leaf on his head is supposed to be like an umbrella, and it's not working. No. So she's like, here, you can use this umbrella, like for now, right? Yeah. And so like he he like learns how to use it like through watching them, mm-hmm. and he for some reason finds extreme enjoyment with like a heavy raindrop falling on his umbrella. Yeah, he's like beneath some trees. So like every once in a while, a big drip will fall on his umbrella and he just finds that delightful. <laughs> yeah. um, and and so we're just sort of like, oh, he's waiting for the next bus, I guess. Okay. And then so in the distance, we see headlights come up, but then we see headlights jumping around and frolicking. <laughs> and then we see that it is cat bus. <laughs> the 
reveal is so good, actually. Because you see the lights, you're like, oh, it's the bus. And then it like kind of goes up. You're like, wait, did it just, just fly out? It's like, oh, that's a lot of legs on that cat. Like, oh, okay, here we are. Uh, and then and Totoro just like takes with the, the umbrella with grin him. On yeah, his with face. a huge grin on his face, just sort of like this is normal. <laughs> this is, oh, this is my stop. I'll see you guys. <laughs> he takes the umbrella with him. By the way, yeah, he, does. he just he just goes and, on his way. And then the cat bus like flies off in the distance, essentially. And then the the, the girls are just sort of like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, the fact that their reaction is that is really great because like it's obvious this is a world where like they expect things like soot sprites. And whatever a little bit more so it's not like completely crazy but even they were just like what was that <laughs> what was that all about and then immediately the dad's bus comes up mm-hmm. and he's you know, just the- like hey guys yeah. My umbrella? <laughs> yeah where's my umbrella oh you girls are so grounded <laughs> so then after that that's oh there's also the tree dancing scene right Oh yeah, because he he at the bus stop he gives them this little bag wrapped up in leaves and it's filled. There's a whole thing in the movie where it seems like they're like leaving acorns. I, I mentioned this to Saul, but in like the in the opening uh, credits, I guess for the movie, opening a little animation song, um, it shows a little Totoro like stopping and sort of like pooping little dots, <laughs> and the dots like grow up into little plants, and it's like, oh okay, I guess he like is the keeper of the forest and they grow or whatever, and so. At the very beginning, when they first move into the house, there's some weird stuff like the soot sprites. And one of them is they keep finding these acorns on the ground. And May specifically sees one sort of fall to the ground right in front of her, like from the ceiling, which is just a normal wooden ceiling. And so Saul didn't quite feel like this was as obvious as I did. But I was like, they're like, it was really interesting because they like, it felt obvious to me like, oh, this is Totoro putting these acorns here or whatever. And so the way that it built up to them meeting Totoro I thought was really interesting because it is a buildup but it's so subtle that you're just sort of excited to see him but it's not like okay come on like can we see him already it's just kind of like oh he's around like he's coming but like where is he like oh this is it's kind of neat but anyway that's the whole Totoro acorn thing so anyway he gives them a little bag of acorns and they plant them in their mom's garden and so they're writing their mom like oh we're so excited like for it to like grow and that was one of my favorite moments of just, like, character building was when Sasuke writes that uh, letter to her mom that is just like, yeah, May's getting a little crabby that they're not growing yet. We really want them to grow. I drew May as a crab. And then it just shows a little crab in the bottom left corner of the page. It's just adorable. Like, it just feels so like, yeah, this is what a little girl would do. Like, so, I don't know. I like that part. Anyway, so they're waiting for them to grow, and so they're, like, going to bed or whatever, and they see... Totoro and his two little Totoro friends like doing a little dance around their acorns and they are like jumping around and like trying to pull them up almost and the girls go out there and join them and like they just sort of pull them up and all of a sudden it's like a forest and you're like oh wow <laughs> and dad's inside doing the crosswords it's like <laughs> it's like yeah, this is normal <laughs> but yeah uh, but then they wake up the next morning and yeah, they kind of go on a whole – well, they go on, like, a whole adventure where, like, he pulls out a top out of hammer space and just jumps <laughs> on. It's like, hey, guys, hop on. And they're like, all right. Okay, <laughs> so sure. they grab him, and then they fly around for a while, and they wind up at the top of the tree blowing the little horn that Totoro blows, and Dad looks outside again, and it's it's just like you're not quite sure what he sees, yeah. right? Like, it's it's really interesting that it chose to cut to him there. And then, like, show them up in the treetops, but he doesn't, like, react to it at all. It's really, really interesting. But anyway, that's just a – and that doesn't really have any bearing on it. They wake up the next morning, and the forest is gone, but their plants have sprouted. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're still just super excited, and it's just like – I don't know. It's just nice. There, that you could easily argue that there's, quote-unquote, no point for that scene, right? Right. But – I wouldn't want this movie without it. Well, you know? this is definitely like, <laughs> where where I started going into the into the whole idea where it's like there's no like overarching there's no like overarching plot to this, is there? Like, um, really? There's a there's an overarching story, but not necessarily like a, a three act plot, you yeah. know? Um, because after that, the next thing that we get is is May getting lost, right? Well, we get the note from... Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean, though. Like, that, that was, like, the whole next story, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what happens is is that, um, you know, dad's off to school. Uh, dad's off, you know, teaching school, and I guess they're off from school that day or whatever. And the house gets a telegram from the hospital. I mean, you don't know it's the hospital yet. 
um, it gets to Sasuke and uh, they through read the boy. Through, I can't through his name. boy, yeah. yeah, I forgot his Feel name bad. too. Whatever. Um, he uh, he gives it to them. They read it. They're like, "Oh, geez, this is this is probably really serious." Because the imp- the the idea is that the mom has been in, like living at the hospital for a while now. Yeah, it's sort of mentioned several times that the kids are really excited for her to come back, and it's like there's like, "Oh, just wait a little bit longer. Wait a little bit longer." It's it's a it is a theme, but it's not like forced down your throat. It's just like this is a natural thing for these girls to ask about their mom and want her to come home, and it keeps coming up. So that's sort of where it all comes from. So she was going to be visiting the home that weekend because mm-hmm. uh, the doctor like kind of wanted her just to sort of like ease r- back in. Yeah, ease back into the like you know rural life, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um and uh, but then they get this telegram from the hospital, so they have to go. And it's really vague. It's just like call us as soon as yeah. you can. Thanks, bye. <laughs> so the nearest telephone is, I guess, at at puberty boys like uncle's house. Yeah. And so they have to run there, and May like kind of escapes, you know, from from Granny a little bit. She and, doesn't like, like her for some reason. Yeah, for some reason, and trails behind them for like a little bit. So like she's trying to catch up. Um, to the point where she then doesn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they call uh, Sasuke calls the dad and was like, "We just got a telegram from the hospital." And the dad was like, "Okay, just you know, be calm. You know, I'll I'll let you know what happens." Right? Yeah. Um, and then some more side vignettes with May, and then <laughs> uh, and then eventually. Um, Sasuke, you know, has to tell May that, you know, she, you know, they say that mom has a cold, so she can't come home this weekend. And then this is finally where May, like, shows her little kid side, which yeah. which I thought was nice. Like, you know, she she starts to throw a tantrum, you know, at nothing, but, like, she's a kid, right? Yeah. And, um, and then finally Sasuke loses it at her and just says, like, you know, you just need to grow up. You're a little kid, you know? Yeah. Um, she's like sister fight. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Um, and the poor, <laughs> the poor boy was just like, like, this is why uh, I didn't want to get involved. <laughs> uh, women, am I right? <laughs> So basically, after that, uh, May runs away. Her intentions well, were to run to the hospital. Yeah. Well, there's a little scene where they go back home first, and like Sasuke's like laying on the ground, just like depressed, obviously. And May's doing the same, but like May is surrounded by like all her little toys. Well, hold on. We'll, we'll get like... to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll talk little deeds. <laughs> okay. Calm your horses. But I mean, they're together again, and then sort of Sasuke has a little bit of breakdown, and then May sort of runs off while that's happening. Oh, I I do want to say though, this is where Sasuke like really like shows her mom's mortality too. Yeah. Like, I don't want mom to die. Yeah. It's really interesting because they hadn't really put it in those terms at any point up until then. But like, you're sort of aware of it. Like, it shows you, doesn't like force it down your throat. But like, this is like showing that, yes, she is aware that this is where it could be leading up to. And so when she does that, it, it still doesn't feel as forced as I thought it would, you know? Right. Like, I, I kind of thought that as soon as they acknowledged it, it would just be like, oh, there it is. Like, now we're too heavy, and they try to force them out there, like, oh, they're dying. But it doesn't feel like that. It just feels like she's sort of trying to really come to terms with what this could mean. And right. she's scared. Like, anyway. So, okay, so then May runs away with the intention that she's trying to uh, she's trying to go to the hospital. Yeah, because you know, there was, like, this little thing where they were at Granny's. Yeah, they harvested veggies. some fruit and veggies, and she really wanted to, to give her mom, like, this nice corn. And um, so she, you know, she wanted to do that. She's a little kid. So eventually then becomes, like, a gigantic search party to try to find her. Mm-hmm. There's a, you know, obviously Sasuke is running around everywhere, like, on foot. Yeah. You know, just trying to find her and calling her name out everywhere. There's a small scene where the boy like catches up to her and was like, "I need to tell you, they found a sandal floating in the lake." Yeah, or um, in the it was in the uh, rice paddy, right? Uh, or in the like rice that? paddy, whatever. Yeah. And then so after, so then then it gets hyped up even more. And there's yeah. like barely any music happening at this time, also, if I recall. Yeah. Um, all the tension is just like in her, you mm-hmm. know. And so she she runs all the way back. And uh, they go to the rice paddy or whatever, and you see, like, a huge search party trying to, like, find Everybody's her. Everybody's freaking out. Like, Grandma is, like, freaking out. And, like... Granny's, like, praying with the with the, the sandal, sandal, right? Yeah. And so she shows Sasuke the sandal, and then there's this very subtle look of relief on, Sas- on, on Sasuke's face and just, like, it's not her sandal. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> so then Sasuke realizes that she needs Totoro's help, finally. Mm-hmm. So she runs back... And uh, is able to get in touch with Totoro the same way that that May first encountered Totoro. Oh yeah, the same exact way. Mm-hmm. Um, Totoro sees uh, sees uh, Sasuke crying and just like has this big creepy smile on his face. Yeah, he's like, "I got you, homie." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then summons the cat bus. Yeah. Uh, um, and essentially, cat bus knows exactly where she is. 
Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, it yeah. Takes, takes her right to them, mm-hmm. and then they're all like, "Oh, you know, like, you know, Toto like, just puts her on, it's like, okay, I'll see you later. I'll see you." <laughs> he like, "We, I really expect him to go with her, but he's just like, no, nah, that's all right. Yeah, Cap, Cap Buzz has Cap it. Cap Buzz got you." <laughs> Um, and then even then, there uh, uh, Satsuki was all like, "Were you trying to go to the hospital?" May was like, "Yeah," but then Cat Buzz is like, "Oh, I know where that is." <laughs> He's like, "I got you guys. Yeah. I got nowhere to be." And and takes them over there, and where they see uh, the mom and the dad talking to each other, and the mom is totally like, "I don't know why they said I couldn't go home this weekend. I feel fine, you know." Yeah. Um, and like the mom could swear that she saw them like watching, like watching them in the distance, mm-hmm. even to the point where May actually like leaves the corn that she was going to give her mom right then. Yeah, and it like has inscribed to it like to mom yeah. or something like that, which is really cute. And then the movie ends. That's it. That's it. That's the movie. It's great. That's my neighbor Totoro. That's my neighbor Totoro. And we, Man. you know, we watched the whole credit sequence, and Dave and I just feel good. <laughs> just feel good, man. I don't know, like. Uh. So I want to talk about the thing that I love most about this movie is the the fine details and all the animation. This is 1988, right? Yeah. I mean, Little Mermaid hasn't come out yet. Nope. Or, like, had just come out or is, like, still in development, what have you. Yeah. There is a lot of fine details here that, that like, live action directors, like, the best live action directors put in. Yeah. The ones I can think of off the top of my head are, is the scene where um, Satsuki and May are, like, are under a small little, like, shelter. And then Puberty Boy walks by with his with his umbrella. Mm-hmm. His umbrella is oh, slightly yeah. tattered. Yeah. It, it's broken in a way that I know every single one of us has had an umbrella like this where it just sort of like lifts off from one of the arms. Yeah. Um, it's got some holes in it as well. Implying, you know, because they're all in like a rural country. They're not rich. Yeah. And uh, um, he gives it to them and doesn't come home with it. And he gets scolded from his mom because of it. <laughs> implying that this is like the only umbrella that they have. And they just can't afford to squander stuff like this, too. Yeah. It's just a small detail that, like, didn't need to be explained. And you're just sort of like, like, I get it, you know? Like, yeah. I, I get what they're trying to say. It's wonderful. Yeah. The other one is uh, what Dave was trying to say, and I told him to shut up, <laughs> was um, on, at, after they realized that um, that the mom isn't going to come home that weekend, there's just a small scene where you see uh, Satsuki just curled up on the ground. Like, you know, she's depressed. She's 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 done, right? They uh, Satsuki and May just fought. She's just in her room on the floor, nothing. Mm-hmm. But then they cut to May. She did the same thing, except there's there's some toys scattered around everywhere there, like yeah. building blocks and stuff, implying that she was trying to play to kind of like, you know, get over it a little bit. And then she got mad and like tossed her toys around yeah. and then fell into the fetal position just like Satsuki did. Yeah, it, that really got to me. I don't know. It's just a, really it's a small detail that goes a long way. Yeah. You know, it's just like what Nostalgia Critic says a lot, like when he like is making fun of like Stephen King movies and like Shamal and uh, Shamalian. <laughs> Shamalama Ding Dong movies is that like there is hardly any spoken exposition. Any and all exposition that is there or just like, you know, like explaining anything Mm -hmm. is not done through words. It's done by showing. Yeah. In other words, show, don't tell. Yeah. Um, And like right as you said that was another one of my favorite parts where as Sasuke's like running around trying to find May, she just like looks down at her feet and they're just like super dirty and just like messed up. Like you can tell it's like painful. So she just like reaches down and takes off her sandals and just keeps going. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, man. Uh, it just like communicated exactly what it wanted. It was in one of those scenes where I don't, I don't know that like a Western audience or like a Western mindset would think to do that little thing that like quote unquote seems pointless, but it is just so important. I don't know. There's also, I mean, the the part, the the famous bus stop scene, like the the whole time that we can just tell of uh, that Totoro likes the. Um, um, likes the, the raindrops, yeah. right? No words are spoken. Yeah. You might assume that if this was like an American animation, like Satsuki would be talking the whole time, like, oh, you like this umbrella? Yeah. Like, oh, do you like the noise that that makes? <laughs> oh, do you think that's fun? Oh, do you like that? You know, just like, just like she wouldn't be shutting up. You know this, yeah. right? Yeah. But they don't speak a single word the whole time. And yeah. May is asleep at this time also. So she's not saying anything either. Yeah. Like, yeah, all that is just is shown and it's not told. It, it's that's that's good storytelling when you can do that. They're not afraid of having silence. In no, the there's and moments and there's quite where, a bit too. Yeah, there's moments where like the music isn't playing either, and we'll talk about the music a little bit later. But like, there's a lot of points where the music isn't really playing much, and 
the, the characters aren't really saying much. So you're just watching this animation. So it's a good thing the animation is gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. So that too. But yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think of some more moments of just like small fine details. Oh, where the boy is like trying to ride the bike. Oh yeah. yeah. Like they didn't need to do Okay, so like like we said earlier, uh the boy runs up to Sasuke, like catches up to her when she's trying to find May and has to tell her about the sandal found, right? Yeah. Um but he's riding on a bike that's too big for him and he's like riding like side saddle kind yeah. of because like he can't fit oh he can't reach the pedals if he sits on the seat, right? Yeah. Cuz he's just a little boy. Again, just implying that he like took his parents' bike because he knew that he had to run out to Sasuke as an emergency. Like Yeah. That, that <laughs> it, it's because of all these details and, and many things other, but like that's how you get sucked into the story. It's yeah. like they don't have to tell me the story. I'm experiencing the story. Yeah, they don't have know? to like create all this tension for you. Like, yes, there's tension towards the end, but that's like quote unquote act three, which is probably not even accurate. It's just the last vignette. And through most of the other ones, there's not like any tension that's keeping you in there. You're just you just really want to see what happens with these girls. And they've built enough of a story around them where, you know, they're either going to make some like really crazy magical discovery with whatever the heck Totoro has up next. Or you're, you're like, what is going to happen to mom? Like, are they going to come back to that? Like, I don't know. So it just builds that up really well. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting how it mixes it too. You were talking about like how they feel almost entirely separate too. Almost. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in the end, that's the final vignette is like when they finally are able to combine the two. Yeah. Which I guess is sort of, that's, that's build up, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, it felt like that was what they were trying to do. And I don't know, it was just kind of like Totoro was like the comfort that they went to sometimes while they weren't with their mom. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like expressed as such. It wasn't like said openly like, oh, you guys are really going to find comfort in Totoro like while your mom's sick. It's just like, that's just, you just feel it. Mm-hmm. You just, Feel it. And, like, that's the best way to do it. And you just feel good. Ugh. I don't know. The other thing I think on my list of just what I've really loved in this movie is just, I mean, you know, the animation. It's so good. You know, like, always, when if we're going to talk about a movie that we like, we're always going to say, oh, the animation was great. But it's like, think about it. This is is one of those things. This is 1988. Yeah. No CG involvement whatsoever. Yeah. You know that everything was hand-drawn. Yeah. and, And everything was just done very well i mean i think this animation has more detail behind it than little mermaid yeah i wouldn't disagree like animation feels like one of those things that we always it's sort of like a cop out like what'd you like about like i like the animation like we kind of did that with road to el dorado it's like what's the good stuff it's like the animation animation. (laughs) some of the time yeah it's kind of like if the animation isn't like bad they're like oh the animation was good you know you, you give it credit for that but like when when we talk about animation, and it's not to say that it isn't like really, really good when we talk about it, but sometimes it feels like that. But when we like when we talk about the animation in this, like we mean it. It's in such a unique, old timey type style. Like when you think about that this came out only a year before Little Mermaid, you really sort of get how game changing Little Mermaid was. Just the way that it used colors, because this was still it still felt very. This one still felt very uh, sort of watercolory, you know. Yeah, very pastel-y light. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it, it wasn't as bright and bombastic as Little Mermaid, so it was very different. But in terms of the attention to detail and stuff, it was absolutely top of the line, like ten out of ten. Like all the little details they bother putting into each scene, um, it's really incredible. And when you think about that, they were. I mean, you can tell there's like no, there is no CG in this, like right, none at all. Right. It is completely hand drawn. Everything is done the old fashioned way, and there's no like repeated scenes where they use the same animation over, like you'd see in some of the old Disney movies or anything like that. It is just genuine. The care that was put into each like little bit of animation is so apparent. It's it's good. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things we can talk about there. Like yeah. I'm I'm always thinking about. <sighs> There's a, you know, the whole scene where Sasuke is trying to find May is, is so isolated. Um, She is so isolated in the world. Like she feels truly alone. Her dad's not there. Her mom's Mm -hmm. not there. And now she might've lost her sister. Yeah. Like, but the whole time through, she's running through the rural countryside, which is like full of rice paddies and full of lots of trees. Like hills and nice. And the sun is setting too and stuff. So it's like that, that you, that uses a lot of that, like 
just open air to mm. just set the scene of like of loneliness, you know, mm. there and like and desperation too because of how just vast it is. Yeah. Um. And uh, the background animation is just stellar in that way. There's no there's no stone cold gazes in the back of this movie. That was one of the first things we noticed too. <laughs> was that everybody in the background always has like something that they're doing or they're changing their perspective or they're blinking. They, they still feel alive. Mm-hmm. Even if you like, mm-hmm. even if they're just some random villagers who you never get their name or see them again, like they feel very active and very real because right. they're animated so well. There's just a lot of attention to detail is all like, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I've like David said, like, you know, of course we're going to be like, you know, if we like really like a movie, we're going to talk about its animation. But like, again, the time period, 19, 1988, not a Western studio. So, you know, not Disney or not, um, not Don Bluth or whatnot. There's yeah. just so much attention to detail. Yeah. So much. I guess the way that I'm thinking of it is like when we say the animation's good and like the movies you've talked about before, we mean that you're going to go to the movie and you probably aren't going like to see the animation. Like the animation is going to sell you tickets, but like you're going to enjoy the stuff you see and it's all going to be good and it's going to like help immerse you. In this one, like the animation is almost a ticket seller in itself. Like just to get to see how they did all this like gorgeous stuff. I don't know. I think that is sort of how I would say it. I there's, agree. There's very few movies. Uh, when I saw Kiki's, that was one of the first things that I... Th- I think the animation in Kiki's is actually even a little bit better than this one. Um, but aside from that, there's not many... Like, Tangled, maybe. The animation of Tangled is something that I would say, like, yeah, I would stop to see that. But outside of that, it's like... There's just not many. And so when you reach that level, it's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing, and this is probably more personal or probably the most applicable to dave and i but we also just really enjoyed the music <laughs> the music is probably apart from the the songs you know there's the beginning song of like hey let's go yeah. um and then there's the, and then there's you know nice and that one that one is kind of neat too because uh you probably noticed it but it plays like the instrumental version will play a few times during the movie yeah like when they ran into totoro or before they would or when it was implied that he was kind of around or whatever yeah so that was a nice touch but there's like there's there's underscoring that also shows its age in in the most beautiful way (laughs) to dave and i um, it is so unabashedly Japanese. It, it goes back and forth. It was interesting. Saul Amidi was like, the score is so Japanese. And I didn't I didn't feel like that right away, but it didn't take long before. There's maybe only like five themes in this movie, you know? If that. Yeah, if that. They just sort of come back to the same thing. And it goes back and forth between like sort of a full orchestra and like weird ps1 quality like midi sounds which is like oh we're in the 80s but like so that makes sense but it doesn't feel like the 80s it feels like late 90s video games it really does weirdest thing like oh man it brought me right back i don't know what the what it is with it like I, i can't really articulate what it is but like you know, the most exposure I got as a gamer in the PS1 era was through uh, getting demo discs from a play- official PlayStation magazine. I might have mentioned that once before on the you show. Yeah, once um, or twice. And so a lot of those games obviously come from Japan, and some of those games, like, their music really just showed their age. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm going to go way out there. The The music of this, Dave, reminds me most of Hot Shots Golf, the sequel. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I- <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what did you just say? To uh, me? I'll sh- I'll show you. I'll show you after after we record. Um, specifically, the sequel. <laughs> it was specifically the sequel. I guess it was just way better than the first. Um, the music just really reminds me of that. But again, it takes me back to being a kid playing, you know, old game consoles with like this really just like um, what's the word? Uh, charming, charming. Yeah. It's a very, very charming, like, electronic sound. Charming in, like, it. its limitations. Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. Yeah, for me, it, it reminded me of just, like, really kind of just, like, generic PS1 RPGs. Yeah. Where you get to, like, the mythical forest. And <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh, what is this place? Like, oh, this is where we store the mystic crystal of such and such. It's like, wow, I've never seen such beauty. Oh. And then there's the tough guy who's like, whatever gets me to yeah. the end boss faster. <laughs> Yeah, all those generic. The girl's like, "Oh, Jordan Moore, you're you're so you're so tough. You need to relax sometimes. I'll relax once I beat the unboss." Yeah, all the while this music is playing, and it sounds like we're bashing on it, but like, absolutely not. not. Absolutely not. And I don't think it's just nostalgia either. It it works in the context of the movie in a really weird way. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know how they get away with it, but they do, and it sounds good. So. Especially since, I mean, we, we need to look up when this was released. Like, you know, because the edition that we have is the official Disney release mm-hmm. with, you know, because there is, there is an English dub that exists out there, but it's not, that wasn't like with Dis- when oh, Disney like was at the helm. Disney, you mean? Yeah, there was. Oh, okay. Uh, let me look all this stuff right up here. Um, I mean, are you... Are you looking up to see if the score has changed? Because we're we're pretty sure no, the no, movie no, no, no. came no, out it, in eight, it, it, nine, it, eighty-eight. I just want, I wonder when this release came out is what I'm saying. Oh, when this release? Yeah, no, I'm not sure. Um, I would guess mid to late two thousands, maybe even later. Uh, it says here Disney's English language dub premiered on October twenty third. So actually, <laughs> um, not not too far after this, two thousand five. Oh, okay, yeah. Mid mid two thousands, so that makes sense. Okay, so are you trying to figure out? I'm not sure what you're going for with this. Um, what am I trying to figure out? <laughs> How it's showing its age? Is that what we're still talking about? Like Maybe. it kind of felt like it could fit like in that era of video games too, like in that two thousand five, like really early PS two type stuff. I don't know. Oh, okay. The English dub, the first English dub, was in ninety three. Oh, okay. All right. It's just interesting that, like, um, that in 2005, like, in 2005, nobody seemed to... Like, I never hear anybody criticizing this movie. No. I don't hear anybody criticizing this movie, the, the animation quality or the music or anything no, like and this that. No, and this wasn't really one of the movies that I heard about when I talk about, you know, all my friends, like, oh, Miyazaki's so good. And it would have been out around that time. Like, yeah, I was in high school. Um but I never heard about this one. I always heard about, uh, like, I don't think it was till college when I, someone was like, oh, Totoro, Totoro. I was like, what the heck is a Totoro? <laughs> like, I don't know. And they're like, you don't know Totoro? I was like, no, no. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, and that was with a bunch of people around me talking up all his other films. So, I mean, obviously everybody knows who Totoro is. He's become like their Mickey Mouse where he's just like slapped on stuff. It's like, it's Totoro. And you see all kinds of Totoro memorabilia, which I'm going to be honest, I kind of want some of it now too. But, uh-uh. I think a Totoro plushie would be nice to cuddle with. What about like a coffee mug? Be like nice and big, your kind of size coffee mug. Okay. What? I just I just think that'd be really cute. A little Totoro like looking at you. I don't think people <laughs> usually go right away to a coffee. That's mug. like the first thing I think of. I what think if I it, being... you may as well have been like I've been like oh, a Totoro plushie would be nice. Or what about like a Totoro letter opener? <laughs> uh. Sure. No, he's, he's not shaped like a letter opener. He's shaped <laughs> like a mug. No, like the handle would be Totoro, and then like the rest of it would be like the le- whatever. <laughs> You're ruining my joke. Oh, I think I made it better. <laughs> I made it a better joke. Oh, check this out. Uh, reading from Wikipedia here, '93 uh, the English release came out. However, because of his disappointment with the result of the heavily edited English version. Of, uh, of Valley of the Wind, Miyazaki would not permit any part of the movie to be edited out. All the names had to remain the same. Hmm. Uh, the translation had to be as close to the original Japanese as possible. No part of the movie could be changed for any reason, cultural or linguistic, despite creating problems with some English viewers, particularly in explaining the origin of the name Totoro. Did they, exp- did they actually try to explain that in the original... Because they do not explain his name at all. No, he just sort of like, Yeah, it's Totoro. It's more like, And they're just like, Totoro. Sure, sure. And your Totoro is so much better than I mine. I'm embarrassed that I even tried. That's like exactly what he sounded like. But boy, I'm really curious to see what that sounds like on the. That's really interesting because the only the only like weird cultural thing I could think of in this movie is that they get a day off. They mention at one point like, "Oh, we're off school because it's a rice planting day," and they're eating mochi at one point. And they're like, "Oh, this is a great cake." Oh, there's also the bath <laughs> scene. I know that's kind of infamous. Is it really? It's so tame. I've heard. Know, I've heard it. I've heard it like in infamy a couple of times. Really? Something, something that's like so weird. something like oh, like that's more awkward than the Totoro scene or something like that. You know. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, I thought you were joking. But no, 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 no. I've, I've heard <laughs> it before. In, in, huh? Yeah. That's weird. It didn't. And th- I mean that right I mean, there. It's if you Japanese, think about it, like, that's what I've I mean seen, though. I've like seen that, anime though, and I'm just like, oh, whatever. Well, that's what like, I mean though. That's like completely cultural. Like yeah. you could, you cannot do that in American movies now. Yeah. At all, you cannot do that. But like you know, it's totally, 
it's totally ingrained in Japanese culture. And like in Japanese culture, that's just what you do. Yeah. You know, so it's, like it's a rural bathhouse. Like, yeah. Society, like, yeah. But I mean, you could argue, I mean, was that scene that scene was really kind of random. But yeah. that's the whole movie. Like the whole movie. It was just a vignette of them taking a bath and it was like spook. It was like really windy and they were like Oh, the house is gonna fall because when they move in, and just kind of like, wow, look at this, it's rotting. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, oh, don't touch that, kids. Ah, oh, oh, gee, oh no. And then puberty boy is like, your house is haunted. <laughs> just with no context. Yeah. Just like, like your mom is fat. Like that's basically oh. just what the joke was. Your house is haunted. Like. That's it. But yeah, the but, bathhouse scene was just like there's wind, and then there's like a little bit of science, and the dad just goes. <laughs> he, pulls, he pulls a Titus. He does. He totally does. He's just yeah. laughing away the the bad yeah, things. Yeah, he totally just pulls a Titus. Oh, uh, I guess that's totally Japanese. I guess that? that's, that's just. I guess they, yeah. that's one of the things they do. I guess so. Yeah. So this is this is our our maiden voyage on on uh on a uh, on my neighbor Totoro. This is a movie I've been wanting to watch for a long time, honestly. Yeah. Um, I have way too many friends that hopefully are listening to this right now that like love this movie and have loved this movie for a long time now. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we've done it justice. Um, and I mean, I've I feel like I want to own this movie too. Like I'd like yeah. to have easier <laughs> access to this movie. I would too. This and this and Kiki's are both. It's gonna be interesting. I think we both are kind of like, man, I really want to watch more Miyazaki now. And I think it's going to be interesting when we get to movies like Spirited Away or Princess Mononoke because they're a bit more intense um, in the stuff they're trying to do, I think. So I feel like the Kikis and um, Totoro are just sort of this one sort of genre he likes to do where it's just so relaxing. Like you just watch it and you feel good. And it's like there's no pressure on you to like keep up with the story because you're going to miss something or, oh, I got to like really be invested. It's just like you can just kick back and watch this movie. Like it's hard to think of a movie that I would, if I wanted to relax, that I would want to watch more than like Kiki's or Totoro. You know what I mean? Well, it's interesting because they don't, because there's like no spoken exposition or anything like that, you'd think that you'd have to work harder to catch up. Yeah. You really don't because it's all, it all is very visceral. It's like, we were that age once. Mm -hmm. Or like you know we 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 know what that's like or or like we can totally read their emotions on their face. They, they just didn't, feel so like people. It they didn't have like to tell me these things. You yeah, know? it doesn't feel like there's a story that you need to keep up with. It just feels like you need to love them as people, and it it just makes it so easy to just like to really be invested in these characters without being invested to the point where you're like working at it and it's emotionally draining. You know, it's just nice they're just really nice like you're really worried about them when like she's running around trying to find her sister and like what is gonna happen like you feel their emotion and like when granny's trying to comfort them like it's just so it's just a granny trying to comfort like this little girl who's scared that her mom is gonna die and like how if you care about the character at all like that's just gonna get to you because of what it is like intrinsically and so and like the relief they have when they're just like with cat bus and i don't know what it is about totoro or cat bus either like their smile just seems like it should be the most goofy off-putting ridiculous thing that's very cheshire cat yeah and yet it it somehow communicates to you that they like actually really care somehow you know it feels like they care about these girls and like when cat bus sees that like they're happy and the mom is happy it's just like yeah, cat bus. He's like, I'm happy that I helped you guys out. Like, I don't know. Like, that's what I get. Maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into it. No, no, you know no. What I, I mean? know what like, you mean. Like, there's yeah. the part where, where Sasuke finds Totoro and she ends up breaking down, like, even though he's trying to sleep, right? Yeah. And then, but then, like, when she starts breaking down, his eyes, like, widen a lot, just kind of like, oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, no. And yeah. then, like, he blushes because, like, that's anime, like, happy. You know what yeah. I mean? And just sort of like, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I'll help you. Yeah. We'll find her right away, you know? <laughs> Like, that's just it. He's yeah. just like king in the forest. He's like, this is, I, I got you, man. Like, this is my this is my house. I, I know how to handle this. Like, I don't know. So, Dave, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. English major. Okay. Is there an antagonist in this movie? No. I so mean. How does that work? It's so weird, right? Because we're so trained to look for that. Um, it's almost become accepted that, like, a story has to have these elements. It's like... <laughs> I, I would say, like, oh, the the quote-unquote antagonist is kind of like mom's sickness. But even that isn't really 
solved. And then, like, by the end, you get the end credits where it shows that she comes home, and it's really feel good. But it's not like, it's not. It's just, it's just a really nice slice of life. I don't know. It you just feel the life that they're living. Is there and any other? You're, you're you're living life with them, right? You're seeing what their day to day is. You're you're getting to know them in like a really, really unique way. And just like as a person, like sort of philosophically, um, I just really think the best way to get to know someone is like to live with them. And like as you live with these people, you. You just see what their struggles are, their concerns, and their emotions. And so you feel it with them when things go wrong and when things are stressful. I mean, that's life, right? Like, does everyday life doesn't have an antagonist, but right. we still feel it. And when our, you know, when our, your friend's car breaks down or when they're just having a really bad week at work, like, you can feel it with them. Like, distance makes that more difficult, but especially if you've been around them a lot recently or they're sharing it to you person to person, like, you feel that. It's... it. I don't know. It feels so true to life, the right. way this movie puts things. It doesn't right. try to be like, we're going to tell this awesome story, and like, here's the bad guy, here's the good guy, here's the conflict, here's the struggle. It's just like, man, life is the struggle. They're moving to this new house, and it's kind of ratty and old, and it's <laughs> weird, and they don't know anybody, and they're just trying to get this to know this area. The title's really interesting, too, like My Neighbor Totoro. Like, that's never said during it's the not. movie, it's right? Not. He's, he's just the dude who lives next to them. Like, he's their friend. He's their neighbor in this new place that they moved to. So it actually really, like, ties the movie and its themes together really well. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's so not Western. It's refreshing. And it, mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. really makes you, you want more of it. Like, you kind of worry that, our media culture and the way that we make movies and TV shows has just become so here's the good guy, here's the bad guy, or here's the struggle or whatever that when you get this just sort of slice of life, and it's not like a, I'm going to talk about something that I haven't necessarily seen, but like a this is us type thing. Like my wife watches that where it's all just kind of really sad and like downer, but that's kind of a slice of life. But this movie is just like, yeah, there's a, there's a downer part to it, but it's just happy. It's just like, Oh, like I just you just feel so good at the end man you just feel so mm -hmm. good I agree yeah. I agree so in conclusion go watch this movie go watch this movie <laughs> I am going to I'm going to want to buy this movie so I can watch this with my wife like yeah I've I've re I really enjoyed it it's one of the best movies I've seen in a while I'm going to say yeah. um and very refreshing after watching Rodel the <laughs> We didn't watch it immediately after, but man, does that still sting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this movie is just refreshing after anything, just because of what I was talking about, because of the completely different way they tell the story. And just how, I mean, all the scenery is relaxing, too. There's a lot of wind sounds and imagery, and like, oh, you were commenting on, like, the cicadas. Oh, yeah, that's, after a, that's a beautiful thing, yeah. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. So I'll spend some time living in the South. So that sound means basically nothing to me. But <laughs> It's just like, noisy. Okay. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's like not falling upon deaf ears. but it Yeah, well I mean, I'm there. like, oh, that's some nice ambient sound effects. And you're like, ah, oh, the cicadas <laughs> on a summer evening. Like, truly, there's no more relaxing sound. Uh, so... I mean that's it, isn't it? I mean, yeah. This we, is this is gonna be. We're gonna. I don't know if we're gonna set out to do every single Studio Ghibli film, but I think this is obviously like a good trigger to like get us to want to do some more. Definitely. Ho hopefully, the next one we can do will be Spirited Away. I feel like when people refer to 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 Ghibli, usually like Spirited first thing. Yeah, Spirited Away is usually the first one that that is mentioned. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do Totoro personally. Well, for one thing, we couldn't do Spirited Away, and for another, because like that's still been like an anomaly to me. You know. And that's like now. the mascot. That's yeah, like the yeah, mascot it is. The whole it, thing. It, well, so you duh, yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> uh, so is that about it, Dave? Yeah. All right. Good, man. Well, all right. Easy. Just watch like the it. movie. Just watch it. Watch easy it. like Sunday morning. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be listening to the soundtrack for a bit here. <laughs> or at least, or at least I will be, and then Dave will get sick of it. <laughs> we gotta establish that nostalgia quick and connect it to all the other nostalgia triggers. Yeah. Oh man. Be good. Yeah. This is a this it, is a rolling snowball now. <laughs> it definitely makes me want to play some random PS One RPG. Right. Right. Doesn't it? Uh, it really does. Oh man. Crazy. Oh, you know what? Legend of Dragoon. I need to show you the soundtrack right oh, now. Oh, maybe that's what it was. 
If you, any listeners, if you know my neighbor Totoro's music, please go to Legend of Dragoon OST and then try to see. Like just, a, I think it was like a forest sound because I think I must have gotten to some point in that game where it did that because it did seem really familiar. To uh, me. I'm going to show it to you, you as soon as we're done recording. Yeah. Here. All right. So thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. Uh, uh, give out our special thanks here. Special thanks to Danny Barrett Huvere for the wonderful artwork, and special thanks to the combined efforts of OC Remix, Rob KTA, Expert Novice for the wonderful intro and outro music. We are in a lot of places now as far as the podcast yeah, goes. Yeah, we officially got uh, accepted on both TuneIn and uh, what was it? Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah. So we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes, we're on lots of uh, podcast aggregators like Podcast Addict on the Google Play Store. Um, TuneIn is on both Apple and Android, same as Stitcher. Um, obviously, the iTunes Store, uh, podcast.com. We're on YouTube. We are, we're in a lot of places. We got our Facebook page set up. We have our personal Twitter. I'm debating whether I want to set up a Twitter for this podcast specifically. Not well, like we have any fans. To yeah, visit, but we'll I feel see like if it's we, something we We'll see if we have. start getting 15 fans instead of 10. <laughs> yeah. We'll On see. that note, please, um, if you know anybody who who loves this movie, My Neighbor Totoro, and yeah. might might be interested in listening to this podcast, please share it. Yeah. Um, hopefully our, th- our, our thoughts are somewhat interesting and we'll at least get you to, you know, spark like, yeah, I love that about that movie. Yeah. And Even seeing like one more like or comment on our like YouTube or Facebook than the week before actually makes me maybe a little bit happier than it should. Yeah, but. no, I know what you mean. It just warms your it, heart. It's a, a high point bit. in my yeah. week. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, that'd be cool. <laughs> anyway. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Hope we'll, you be, we'll be seeing you on the next one. Yeah, take care.